Alright, what's up guys? Welcome to episode 2 of the Hoop Society podcast. I am your host, Alex. Uh, I realized in the first episode that I didn't really give any background on who I am and uh, really why I'm doing this. Um, so first things first, I am, I'm just a huge NBA fan. Uh, I've been an NBA fan since I was a kid. Uh, big Oklahoma City Thunder fan. I uh, grew up rooting for them uh, when they first became a franchise in 2008. And uh, yeah, I've been covering the NBA in various capacities for the past couple of years. And I really just wanted to start this because I love talking about the NBA. Anyone who knows me knows that um, I just love to debate. I love to talk about it. It's just something that I really, really, really love. So really, anything I say in this podcast is not me saying that it's fact. It's not me trying to say that my opinion is the end-all, be-all. At the end of the day, it's just my opinion. Uh, and hopefully anything that I say gets uh, gets you talking about the NBA and um, gets you debating a little bit. So uh, anyways, we got a lot to cover today, so we can just get right into it. I think the first thing that uh, we should talk about is what's going on with Kyrie Irving. Uh, apparently, he is now back in Brooklyn uh, going through health and safety protocols, uh, trying to return to the team, allegedly. Uh, but it was released today that he will be forfeiting game checks, uh, which amounts to $816,000 for the two games that he missed this past week. Uh, that doesn't include the week that he missed due to personal reasons, but it was also announced that the NBA will be fining him $50,000 uh, for uh, violating health and safety protocols. That's a result of him wearing, uh, being at a birthday party, his sister's birthday party, without a mask on. And personally, I have no, I have no issue with any of that. I think if you violate, openly violate health and safety protocols, and it ends up online, you're gonna get fined. Uh, the NBA can't get away with not disciplining any player for that. You're obviously gonna get fined. And the game checks being forfeited, that makes sense. I mean, if you don't show up to work, you're not gonna get paid. If I don't show up to my job, my nine to five, uh, I'm not gonna get paid. Um, I'll probably get in some big trouble for that. So this is just normal stuff. It, it should not come as a surprise to anybody. Um, so do I think that he'll return to the team actually and play consistently throughout the year? Uh, I think that's a bit of a stretch to say. With Kyrie Irving, we don't really know what's going on in his head. We don't know. I mean, at any given point, Kyrie Irving could come out and say, I'm done playing basketball. I, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I want to focus on my own ambitions and my own goals, uh, whether it be the social justice causes that he's uh, come out in support of, which is totally fine. I think most people are, are supportive of those causes as well. Uh, I know I am. But at the same time, you have a contract with the team. So if you have a contract, you're obligated legally to show up to work. You're obligated to be a part of a team. You're obligated to contribute. You're obligated to play. And if you're not doing that, then, you know, you're going to forfeit a lot of money. And that money could be going to good use. Those justice causes that he's so passionate about, he could be doing so much good with the money that he could generate from playing. But instead, he's deciding uh, not to play and instead, you know, do, do whatever he wants and kind of... Uh, go out and pursue his own ambitions. Steve Nash was asked if he knows when Kyrie Irving is coming back, and he said he still has no update, uh, I believe was the quote. So even though he is allegedly back in Brooklyn and uh, quarantining, 
we still don't really know if he's going to come back. So this whole thing, at a certain point, I think the organization has to sit back and wonder how much of this is actually worth it. You know, Kyrie Irving is a generational talent. Allen Iverson has said that Kyrie Irving is the best uh, ball handler in NBA history. He is absolutely uh, incredible. But you get a lot of headaches with Kyrie Irving. And, and, and hats off to LeBron, whether you, whether you like him or not. He did a good job of managing Kyrie Irving's ego and uh, Kyrie Irving's um, eccentricness, if that's a word. So... Is it really worth it to go through all this pain just to have Kyrie Irving on your team? And you don't even know if he's going to play. You have to sit and speculate at what point do teams just stop giving this dude contracts. He's so inconsistent and when he's going to play, he decides whether or not he wants to play. And I think that's a tough conundrum that uh, Brooklyn finds itself in now. I'm sure the front office is scrambling, as we heard throughout the past week with the James Harden trade. Uh... They had to have been running around like chickens with their with their heads cut off, trying to figure out how to handle this situation. I'm sure he was involved in trade discussions uh, for James Harden, which makes sense. But Houston is probably like, I'm not touching Kyrie Irving's contract with a 10-foot pole because we don't know if he's going to play. We don't know if he's going to show up to work or not. And that's just a tough situation if you're Brooklyn. I, I think this could go down pretty poorly for both sides. I don't think either side is going to come out happy at the end of this. I think more than likely it's going to result in Kyrie Irving uh, taking a leave of, a of absence from, from the NBA for a while because uh, he doesn't seem to be interested, and that's totally fine. But uh, there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. Um, but in other news, uh, Stephen A. Smith had a, a quote about the Kyrie Irving situation. Real quick, one more thing. Uh, he's getting paid 480000 per game this season. Him being out five games without pay will cost him in the excess of $2.3 million. I hope it was worth it, Kyrie. That's what Stephen A. Smith had to say about the Kyrie Irving situation. And I think that really does a good job of summing things up. Uh, that's a lot of money that you're leaving on the table, dude. Anyways, in other news uh, on a more exciting, uh, less um, frustrating topic... Uh, Shake Milton, last night the uh, in his starting position, uh, or starting as uh, the point guard for the Philadelphia 76ers last night, uh, against the Miami Heat, he put up 31 points, 2 rebounds, and 7 assists, and shot 75% from 3. Uh, this kid is good. I don't know really how great he was last season. I didn't really pay attention to this guy until the bubble, and you know, in the bubble he wasn't that great, simply because... He was starting. He's definitely not a starting point guard, uh, but he's got some talent. This kid is good. Uh, he's very, very young. He's averaging 15 points per game on the season. Uh, not shooting that great from three, but last night he was on fire from three. He shot three of four, uh, 75%. Um, he's good. The fact that the 76ers are going to have this kid and Ty Tyrese Maxey uh, coming off their bench, it, it bodes well for them. And right now they're obviously operating at half capacity. They don't have Ben Simmons in the lineup. They don't have uh, Seth Curry. Um, they've got Danny Green playing a lot of minutes, which in my personal opinion is not ideal <laughs> for a team. Uh, if you have Danny Green playing 36 minutes a game, you're probably not going to do that great. Uh, Danny Green is a very streaky player. That's He's been that way for his entire career. But 
the fact that they have these two guys, Tyrese Maxey obviously had his 39-point game in his first career start, and then Shake Milton dropping 31 points last night. Really, really impressive stuff. I think they have more depth than people are giving them credit for. I talked about them in the last episode a little bit, uh, but they definitely need to be talked about. And I think right now they've got to be one of the favorites to come out of the East. Uh, they are just deadly, uh, such a deadly and offensively potent team. Um, they've got the defense. We all know that. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are great defensive players. They've got uh, Danny Green, who is a, a solid perimeter defender. So the fact that they're having such a potent offensive season so far, really good stuff uh, if I'm if I'm Philadelphia. you got to be real happy with their performance so far. Um, in other news, Yusuf Nurkic uh, broke his wrist. And I got to say, Portland centers are cursed. Uh, this man was coming off an injury last season uh, where he had that um, devastating injury to his leg. We saw that thing was mauled, uh, broke pretty much in half uh, at the shin. Came back and he looked great. Uh, in the bubble, he was averaging something like 20 points and 10 rebounds. Just a super, super great uh, center. And for him to go down like this, I believe they said he's going to miss uh, eight to nine weeks, uh, something in that ballpark. So huge blow for Portland, uh, very tough pill to swallow. And, you know, Dame and CJ have been looking really, really good, particularly CJ. CJ is having probably the best season of his career right now. I've got him on my fantasy team, and he's he's putting up numbers every single night. Uh, and, and the surprising thing is CJ not only has been scoring the ball so well, He's been uh, distributing the ball really, really well. Uh, passing, uh, finding open teammates, him and Dame. Uh, he's giving Dame the opportunity to play off ball a little bit, which I think is important. Uh, that way Dame doesn't always have the ball in his hands and he's able to come off screens, uh, make cuts to the basket, things like that. And it's working out really well for him. I think they're in, they're in good shape. And uh, for Nurkic to go down like this really hurts their playoff hopes. Um, I still think they'll probably make the play-in tournament. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but eight weeks out of the season, it's an already shortened season. So to lose your starting center like this definitely sets you behind a little bit. Uh, you can still recover for sure. Dame and CJ are going to have the opportunity. I mean, they have their work cut out for them. Uh, they have to pick up the slack that Nurkic was going to have. They're going to have uh, Cantor <laughs> playing their starting center position. And, and we all know, uh, particularly me as an OKC fan, uh, Cantor as your starting center is, is not ideal. It's, uh, a little bit concerning. Uh, I think they'll be all right. They'll probably try to run some more small ball lineups, uh, with Dame, CJ, probably Gary Trent Jr. on the floor at the same time with Mello at the power forward. Um, and they'll try their, their defense is not going to be good. Uh, we've got it. We've got to accept that with Portland. And I don't think anyone expected them to be some defensive powerhouse, but, Without Nurkic, Nurkic was never afraid to contest any shot at the basket. So without him, they're losing a lot of rim protection. Whether he's an elite rim protector or not, he offered something. Uh, and something is better than nothing in this situation. And nothing, in my opinion, in terms of rim protection is Enos Cantor. So it will be very interesting to see how they try to uh, hide the holes in their defense now that Nurkic is out for... Um, you know, eight or nine weeks. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, something with the Houston Rockets that um, I don't think a lot of people are talking about, and it's kind of a sad situation. Uh, definitely 
you hate to see someone go through this. Uh, Steven Silas is a, a rookie coach. Um, this is his first year as a head coach uh, for any organization ever. And for him to be thrown into the fire like this and having to deal with, uh, you know, the cards that he was dealt, uh, I'd love to see this guy succeed. Uh, such a such a great story. I mean, you had Russell Westbrook and James Harden both allegedly go to bat for this guy in the coaching hiring decision, and for him not to have those two guys that allegedly were going to bat for him, it's got to sting a little bit. It's not a great situation for him to have to be without the guys that he thought he was going to have. He probably spent a lot of uh, the offseason game planning for having these two guys. And then James Harden's like, I'm done. I don't want to play. I don't want to play here anymore. And I understand we're in the player empowerment era and players are going to go wherever they want to go. But Steven Silas having to go through this is, is unfortunate to say the least. And I, I you got to root for this guy, a rookie head coach, uh, having to deal with these big personalities. And now, even though James Harden is gone, he's still got John Wall and uh, DeMarcus Cousins, who, you know, they're they're big personalities on their own. John Wall seems to be taking on a really, really good leadership role. I like to see this from him. He's He seems really engaged with these guys, uh, really seems interested in taking these guys under the, under his wing and uh, getting them playoff ready because I really do think the Rockets are going to be a playoff team. I don't know if they're going to go past the first round. I don't know if they'll go past the second round. Probably not, but he is taking on a great leadership role and I'm, I've been impressed with him so far. I've never been a huge John Wall fan, but say what you will about how he handled his exit from Washington. He has been, you know, the consummate pro professional throughout his time in Houston so far. Uh, Boogie obviously had things to say about James Harden and, you know, Boogie's had his fair share of drama throughout his career. And I understand that. And really, I, I had nothing against what he said about James Harden and James Harden's exit from the organization. I think what he said was honestly accurate. He was basically like, yeah, how are we supposed to, how are we supposed to compete and establish good chemistry and get in the groove and get in a rhythm throughout the season when we're dealing with James Harden trying to leave the organization. It's got to be frustrating. So he uh, he said what he said, and I'm sure him and James Harden probably aren't giant fans of each other. But at the end of the day, uh, it's just it's just basketball, um, just business. And uh, James Harden got what he wanted. So you know it is it is what it is. So in other news. Uh, it was reported today that Isaiah Thomas has been in talks with teams on an NBA return. If I had a dollar for every time that I have heard Isaiah Thomas is in talks with an NBA team to return, I would have like 15 or $20. He, this comes out every single year uh, at the start of the season before the trade deadline. Isaiah Thomas is potentially going to be signed to a roster and if he gets signed, good for him, man. But at a certain point, it gets a little sad. It's like, are you gonna make the, <clears throat> are you gonna make it on a roster or not? And I feel for him. It's it's sad for sure. His his uh, fall from being an all star, uh, from being an MVP candidate, top three in MVP voting, uh, dragging a team to the conference finals. You know, it's a great story, and it's sad to see him like this. But uh, 
from a statistical perspective and from a basketball perspective, you have to wonder how much can he really contribute to a team? Is he really the best available option for anyone out there who's trying to, uh, you know, bolster their roster and their championship aspirations? Is Isaiah Thomas really someone you want to go out and sign? And I would love to see a team take a chance on him. Some team like Detroit, maybe uh, a team that has really nothing to lose. Why not see what Isaiah Thomas has left in the tank? Uh, you may be able to sign him if he's playing well. You can trade him for something. But uh, it is unfortunate to see this. Um, I hope he gets put on a team simply because I'll, I'm curious. Uh, he's not really going to do anything for you on defense. He's probably He would come into the league and be the, the biggest defensive liability in the entire NBA. But why not see if he has something left in the tank? Um, what's it going to hurt at the end of the day if you're a team that has nothing to lose? Uh, and you've got... Uh, a veteran minimum contract available why not go for it anyways guys that's uh that's all the time we've got for today uh if you enjoyed it please be sure to follow on your favorite podcast platform if you're watching on youtube be sure to like uh comment subscribe uh follow me on instagram at alex king nba uh and we'll see you guys in the next episode